So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. Um, man, today's going to be a neat, neat little episode because um, I've got a, I've got a good friend of mine that has attended my uh, boardroom and he has some amazing results, an amazing story, um, and he's really just filled with knowledge. And so I, I really want to uh, prep you for this. This show is going to be awesome. It really is. Um, so I'd like to introduce my good friend, uh, Steve Lipman. He really is got an interesting story. He started off as a, a fix and flipper and really, you know, his group for the last eight years, you know, they've been doing um, single family and then they've got to some, uh, some multifamily stuff, came to our boardroom. And I'm not saying that my boardroom was the be all end all. They already had like a very focused vision of what they wanted to achieve but since then, they've closed on $32 million worth of deals and have $34 million under contract. With that said, let me introduce Steve Lippman. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Dude, that's, that's pretty, pretty awesome, man. Well, when was it that we got together? Uh, San Diego, when was that? December? Yeah. So not too shabby in six months, huh? That's smoking, dude. <laughs> we hit that's the ground running. You know, that's really, you know, and, and here's, we were just talking about this before the show started, was um, you're actually doing it at the right cost of capital, too. You're raising money at a lower cost of capital than most other syndicators even understand. Yeah. So and that, my friend, is the gold. That's the golden goose, right? And I don't think anybody really understands it. So when they hear you talk about it, they're like, oh, yeah, that's a good structure. But I'm going to go with the it doesn't way work, but it doesn't work. You can't raise enough money. You'll, you'll run out of money that way. Can't do it. You know, I think you, you taught us something that was pretty significant when we came out to the boardroom, which is the majority of money, 90 percent is invested into stocks and mutual funds and bonds. $4 trillion sits in the 401k market. So when people tell you that you're going to run out of money at that cost of capital, first of all, they don't understand the returns that people are typically getting. You know, And I think that that was something that we raised our eyes open to was you have to find out what your investor wants, right? That's, that's number one. You don't want to teach your capital. You want to find out what they need, what they want, and how you can supply that. And you know, both of us coming from wholesaling and the fix and flip world, I think we knew that we could raise capital at 10 or 12%. And people were really happy with that. I mean, we have a lot of happy investors that have been investing with us for years like that. And then we move into the multifamily space and it's even more secure, right? It's not an empty house that we're fix and flipping for six months and we can only deploy their capital at six months at a clip. So it's not really a 10 or 12% return. It's, it's much less than that because we have to redeploy it. 
And this is a secured asset based on cash flow, five-year deployment. They get some additional tax benefits. So why wouldn't they be excited about that? You know, so our investors are, your investors are, you wouldn't be able to have however many doors under management you have if your investors weren't happy, right? So Yeah, yeah no, and that's the trick, right? So, man, in the capital game, I think people either love us or hate us, right? Because yeah. well, as long as our investors love us, I'm happy. That's all that matters, right? I mean, we're only uh, subject to one type of scrutiny, and that's through your investors' eyes. And, and you're realizing it, too. Your investors, not all investors, need 20% returns. In fact, there's a lot of investors that will say, that's risky. Sure. Like, you, you show them a return like that, they assume that with risk, and they're like, oh, hell no. Not right. going to do that deal. Yep. So we're about stability, consistency, passivity. And, you know, we're, we're all about return of capital first, return on capital second. Let's, those are the yeah. into. Let's break down the story, man. So, like, okay, yeah. you come into the business, you're doing – give me a little background story of who you guys are and, and who you're becoming. Sure. So we started Integrity Properties, which is our wholesale fix and flip business, 2011. We did one wholesale deal in 2011. Then we started to go into 2012. Hurricane Sandy decimated the Jersey Shore, which is where we were at. So that kind of put pause button on everything for about six months. And then from 2012 to 2016, we grew as much as Travis and I could. So Travis is our part, my partner. And over a five-year period of time, we just could not do more than what we did in 2016, which was 16 deals and about a quarter million dollars in revenue. It was just the two of us. So we found some guys that were doing bigger scale, more wholesaling, more flipping. We got around those guys. They taught us a lot. Really grateful for them. They gave us the blueprint on how to scale. So we did. So we did over a million dollars the next year in 2017. 2018 comes, staying on track. Um, This year, we're on track to do, I don't know, 175 deals. Yes. It's great, right? But it's a lot of work. Right. And you you know, you you used to do our business too, right? Wholesaling? Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, we, we like it. So we have a COO onboarded now that is really taking over the day-to-day operations. But the goal has always been how do we move into passive income? And we started thinking, okay, so let let's do some single family rentals. Well, cost per door in New Jersey and cap rates in New Jersey are just really it's really price prohibitive. So we started looking outside of the area, you know, maybe Mobile, Alabama, maybe the Southeast, maybe the Midwest. How are we going to manage single family rentals in those areas? You know, and all the litany of problems that comes with single to four family rentals. So we started listening to podcasts, which is how we kind of scaled up our wholesale business. Yep. And we listened to a couple of the big guys and they're all teaching very similar things. Great information on how to underwrite deals, find deals, things like that. So we did. We started taking some courses, started listening to some calculators and putting LOIs out. And, you know, nobody cares that you're going to do 175 flips. <laughs> right. We want to know how many assets under management you have. And uh, so we kept getting our teeth kicked in a little bit. But it was good. It was good experience, good underwriting and figuring out how to manage these deals and talking to property managers and talking to other sponsors in the area, learning markets. So it was good in terms of how we were going to educate ourselves. It was not good in terms of getting into deals. Right. And then we came across this podcast that it was a story that was similar to where we thought we wanted to go, which was wholesaling into multifamily and growing into that space. And it was you. And uh, we listened to a couple of those podcasts and we called you up, right? We said, hey, yeah. oh, yeah, what do I do? 
you know, it sounds like your story is close to ours and we want to know how to get in there. And you'll hear me on a couple other podcasts and writing some blogs and stuff. And we always refer to you because, you know, I always say our mentor gave us the best piece of advice that I think we ever got, which is the money's not in the deal. The money's in the money. Right. And you say that all the time. Yeah. And so we knew that we could bring a little bit of capital to a deal. So why not partner with experienced sponsors that have deal flow because they're seeing deal flow. You're seeing deal flow that I'm not seeing, right? Right. hundred mm-hmm. percent. You're seeing the off-market deal flow that's not getting, you know, we're, we're seeing it after you guys pass on. You're still a little bit new, right? You're going to get your, but as you keep growing, you'll get the same. Sure. Yeah. Same track record, right? You, you need the brokers, Yeah. You need some credibility. So how do you do that? invest some of your own funds, raise some capital to deploy in some, in, into an experienced sponsor's deal. So that's what we've done. Um, so since November of 18 till now, it's May 29th, um, we've closed on and now we are, we actually just started pouring concrete today on our 1200 unit self-storage complex in Orlando, which is our first deal, right? We didn't buy a single rental. Not a single family, not a four family, not an 18 plex. We dove right into an 1193, 180,000 square foot build in Orlando. And we raised and deployed $4 million into that deal. And it it's a $14 million total project cost. And it, it looks like a $30 million exit. So yes, yes. Deal. <laughs> so that's the life-changing initial deal that it only takes uh, one. It only takes one deal to have a life change. Yeah. So it was, we were under contract on that deal when we came out to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I remember that. So, man, it's funny how um, to hear you guys, the story, right? Because, hey, I'm humbled, by the way. I'm humbled. Um, but I, what, what I really remember is during, this was in San Diego, uh, we had our event, and you guys were like, hey, Corey, we want to go to dinner. Like, can we just go take you to dinner specifically? And you reached out to my wife. Very smart, right? Shelly's <laughs> 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 in the background laughing. Bye. She knows that's okay. true. Um, and so, but that was very, like, that was the gatekeeper. And she's like, honey, here's what we're doing tonight. And I go, okay, great. And, um, and then we had a really nice dinner at a place uh, that Travis hadn't been to in years, uh, which is in uh, Del Mar, right? Yep. Yeah, so Jake's Del Mar. Travis used to live out in California and San Diego before we met. He moved out there after high school to surf for a couple of years, and that's like the spot. Right outside of Jake's is like the, the good break, and that's where he... And he was young, and he was looking at that place and watching all the people in their fancy clothes, eating fancy food, going... Man, one day I'm gonna eat there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we have a great dinner, right? Yeah, it was amazing. And I remember watching that through, and we and, and really that began really we had some probably the best conversations. I think that's where we talked about money's in the money, and just the whole process when what you guys were fixing to take on and your vision. And and the one thing I wanted to give you guys a lot of credit is that. Listen, I can teach telecals to come home of what I know, but it takes you uh, someone else's vision too to really drive that down the road. And you guys had big vision and big ideas. 
you're like, well, I don't want to just raise this much money. I want to raise a lot of money. Yeah. And and you guys started to see that it was true that you could actually do it. Yeah. And um, that was really cool to see the change. Right. I mean, you already I think you guys already knew you had, but you just needed some direction. Like you said, um, your biggest gifts are really the same as mine. Copying successful people. Right. You just That's- said your first guy, you learned the blueprint. Well, I just gave you a little bit of a new blueprint that actually works. And it makes you as the sponsor a lot more money because when you can bring a cheap type of capital to the group, you inevitably can get more ownership in anything. Sure. Right. And I mean, that that capital is really happy because they're not getting 12% returns anywhere. Right. Where are they getting? You know, and it's six to seven, maybe that not, maybe not even that before fees. Yeah. Before. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, we, we knew kind of the direction, right? And then we went out and we spent three days at... It at confirmed the, what you knew. And yeah, and, and it just kind of, it really drove it home. I mean, it's like the four minute mile, right? You see somebody doing it and you're like, I could do that too. And yeah, I proved it once on one deal, but how many deals can I prove it on? And we set some pretty big audacious goals when we were out there, right? We said we want to deploy 20, $25 million in the next 12 months so that we can get into $100 million worth of deal flow in a 12 month period of time. That would be the fastest that I've ever seen anybody do it. I want to go do that. And you encouraged us, you know, you said you can do that. You know, if we're bringing the deals and I'm seeing deals and you guys are able to fund it, then let's partner on some of these deals, go out and find some of your own sponsors, find other deals, really kick the tires and get out there and get your name out there. And, uh, and now look, right. I mean, we're under contract on another, we're closing on another $34 million worth of deal flow in the next 90 days. We've already closed on 32 million, so we're on track. I mean, we're we're pacing. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and it is it is incredible. I mean, it's been you know it's been a little bit stressful at times, right? You have to perform when you say you're going to perform for a sponsor, and you know you've been in the seat on both sides where you had to perform bringing the capital, and now you're waiting on other people to perform to bring the capital. And we you know we just want to make sure that we're true to our name, you know, right. We named our company integrity capital group, not because we want other people to know that we have integrity, but to remind ourselves what we stand for and what we're bringing to the table. And I want to make well, sure that you said the first point too. I want to bring that up is that talk about deploying money for into dependable sponsors. In other words, you've, you, these are people that you just don't say, Oh, this guy's got a deal. Let's fund it. It's really spending time to understand who that person is what kind of integrity they have, what's their track record, what's their process before you go and put your capital, your rela- really, that's your relationships at risk. Yeah. And we have another layer of uh, protection for our investors by doing that, right? I can go out and say, hey, I'm doing my first deal. It's 100 units. Well, there's some level of risk, right? With me doing my first deal, I don't know the management companies. I don't know, you know, I don't know what I don't know yet. So I'm going to stub my toe and you're going to come along for the ride. Yeah. I mean, there's great operators in the world that have 10 plus years experience, a hundred million dollars under management, right? I'm looking at one. So why not just partner with those guys and say, Hey, now I get paid to learn. And my capital gets a, an extra layer of security by knowing that they're only getting into really good deals. So for us, it was a no brainer. And to be honest, raising capital is a full-time job. So, I mean, yeah, it really is. We talked about this earlier, right? So this is one of my 
funniest thing, so, and this is the way I've designed my business. My job truly is, you know, I have uh, partners that go out and find me my deals, bring me my deals, um, that manage the deals. My real job is just capital, just the money. Yeah. And it's a full-time job. Yeah. And we're actually even working on, um, it with my staff, we're training staff now just to go out uh, to work for my company. And their job is going to be kind of like financial advisors, but not because we're not selling stocks, bonds, or mutual funds, but we're just selling our Kahuna concept. And that's all their job is, is going out and meet people and telling our story. Yeah. Telling the Kahuna story. And, um, you know, that's really, at, at the end of the day, that's what you're doing, Steve, is you're out there telling integrity capital story and you, people, people want to hear it. I mean, there's lots of people that are searching for someone like uh, Steve that's a dealmaker and has access to an alternative to the stock market. Yeah, you know what I didn't really understand as we were getting into this is how few, how limited the availability of these deals really is. So we started calling some of our financial advisors that were friends of ours and saying, hey, do you want to maybe refer some people to us that could get into these deals with us that are looking for these types of returns? You know what the answer was? I know you do. No, I'm sorry. We're not allowed to do that. What do you mean you're not allowed to do that? We're not allowed to tell people about these types of deals unless it's on our platform because we can't make money off of it. It's okay. selling away. It's a rule for all Series 7 licensed brokers, right? And so the reason they'll never tell you real estate, it, it, what they'll do is they say, well, that sounds risky, um, but I've got this real estate investment trust called the REIT. Yep. Let me say that, right? And because... Honestly, they cannot say, they cannot sell away. You cannot sell away from what your broker, you only can sell what your broker has and recommend what your broker has to sell. And the traditional brokerage firms do not do real estate because it's illiquid. They can't so, trade it on the open market. So I say, okay, so I have to be on your platform. How do I do that? Right? I, I don't know what I don't know. How do I get on your platform? Oh, it's impossible. What do you mean it's impossible? Why would it be impossible if we're offering a better investment vehicle for your clients? And maybe not across the board better, but alternative. Maybe it's something that somebody wants. Why wouldn't you offer that? Right? So I have had a couple of meetings with some broker dealers and they, they sat down and flat out told me, hey man, I'm not really interested in putting you on our platform. I mean, th these are big players, right? I mean, I'm, I'm using uh, a bunch of our partners and going into them and saying, no, look, we have thousands of units that were under management and amazing ROIs and nope, won't do it. You know why? They can't capitalize on it. They don't know how to effectively charge fees to those people. If you look at your mutual funds, you're averaging, what, two to two and a half percent in fees. So if you're making six, you're not, right? So, so this has been a lot of our conversations is, Unless you know a sponsor, unless you know a deal maker, unless you know people that are buying these assets, it is very difficult to get into. Don't have access. Yeah. No. And that's what I think is really interesting. So I just was just reading something about how there's 401k reform getting passed in the Senate right now. Right. And you know what they're going to do? They're allowing brokers to sell dun, 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 annuities because they think it's good for people to get paid annually, which is what we do. Right. But they figured out a way, Wall Street figured out a way to capitalize and fee annuities so that 
people can make 4% per atom as they exit, but they're not making what we're making. So, you know, I, I was just having the conversation. Yes, I think it's good that retirement reform is in the Senate, but it's not through the 401k. People need to understand that they can self-direct Roth IRAs and individual retirement accounts on top of their 401ks. They could do other things to gain wealth and to build that generational wealth and create passive income. But you need to know guys like us. That's the biggest thing. Most people don't even know that they can self-direct because the government doesn't say that you cannot invest in real estate. In fact, nowhere does it say that you can't. It, it, it actually says uh, there's certain things. It gives you a list of what you can't. And there's about like a list of five items. It's not very hard. Yeah. And so um, so everything else is, is doable, but you got to have the right fiduciary. In other words your IRA custodian. Now, you know, your big brokerage houses, Merrill Lynch, you know, um, Edward Jones, uh, you know, Merrill, those are uh, custodians of your IRA. Once you get your money into their account, they only allow uh, you to, you know, to, to buy their products. But there's other custodians like Equity Trust, um, IU Specialized IRA Services, that say, hey, listen, we don't care what you want to invest in will custodian the money and, and then you can direct us to what you want to invest in. Right. And that's who we partner with. And then the, yeah. you can uh, directly invest in uh, you know, a private placement or an investment vehicle in true real estate. And that's why a game changer for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and people are asking me, well, why would I want to do that? Well, there's a couple of reasons, right? I mean, so <clears throat> what a lot of people don't understand is how we structure our deals is they're in a preferred position, right? So we have to pay the mortgage and then the preferred position gets paid and then we get paid, right? So you and I, we get paid after the investors get paid. Does your Edward Jones guy only take a rip if you make money? No, he's taking a rip even if you lose Off money. the top, before you invest 100,000, the next day you look at your statement, you have $95,000 left. Does you got to make first. up the money, and then some to even make a return. Yeah. So I didn't grow up in a very wealthy household, right? I wasn't taught a lot of these principles. I didn't understand that you could really control your money instead of having other people control your money. And when I started looking at these comparisons of, well, you know, people invest in a mutual fund, but the fees go off the top and then they make money versus investing in one of our deals where they make money first. And then it, right. We have it's on us to make our own money. So we get paid last. So we really have to work the deal properly. We have to make sure that it makes money because otherwise we don't make anything. Yeah. And I like that. I think the interests are aligned with our investors so much more because we get paid last. You know, I love that book, We Were the Last, right? Yeah, the great thing about apartments is like it's housing. It's And the type of stuff that we tend to buy is um, the working man's type of, uh, you know, property, not the new stuff, not the Taj Mahal. Uh, now, say for self-storage, like you're building a self-storage, that's easy. People right. people need self-storage no matter what. Like no matter what income level you're at, someone usually has a self-storage and once they get one, they keep it for life. That's it. I have a self-storage for my boat. I pay on it all the time. I'm right. never not going to pay for it because <laughs> I got to store my uh, trailer. It has to go somewhere. It, you can't put it in the street. Yeah. So where are you going to put it? Yeah, yeah, and if you know, and so like I've actually already almost maxed out all the places in my garage where I can build the second layer tier 
for stuff, <laughs> right? And if I go many farther, I either got to buy a new house or I'm going to get a storage place. Right. And I know once yep. I get it, I'll, in fact, no, I already did. I already bought one. I don't even realize it. I got one right now, uh, you know, and I'll have it for the rest of my life. I already know this. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the places that we're putting our money in our investments is, I mean, so Orlando, right? Second fastest growing city in the country. No, no basements, high water table. So people need storage. They don't have a basement. The student housing complexes that we're buying, you know, they're, they're really good metrics there. Student housing isn't going anywhere. Colleges aren't going anywhere. You know, our B and C assets that we're adding some value to, the people need a place to live. So even during the recession, I just heard this stat. So 5% mortgage default rate in the last recession, 0.4% multifamily default rate. 0.4, right? So they oh, they lost their money in the uh, in the part. No, that did not happen. The yeah. only reason they lost their money is if their note was due, right? In, in the leverage, so. right? They're bridge loaning, interest-only bridge loans into nothing. They had a bridge to nowhere is what we call it. Yeah. You know, where the, the complex that we're doing right now, it's a five-year interest-only, but guess what? It cash flows day one fully amortized. So, you know, we might get some additional cash flow during that interest-only period, but then it's going to convert and it's still going to have a heavy cash flow component. So you really have to underwrite these deals conservatively, right? And you've helped us understand how to do that a lot better, which I love because then outperforms what we, and we always forget, right? We underwrite really conservatively, we get into a deal and then all of a sudden it starts cash flowing. It's like, why is this better? Oh, because we were super conservative. And, uh, and, your, and, and your investors love it because they're like, we're winning. Right. They look at it as like, wow, this property is doing really good. You set their expectations. And, you know, really this is the, the trick is always to set the floor. You set the floor. That's what you. That's the only thing you can present on is the floor, and then when you beat it, it just it earns everybody's competence and respect, and um, and then honestly the referral. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what's been I think the most amazing over the last couple of months is your capital helps bring more capital, yeah. right? They to, they start to trust you. They understand you. They understand what you guys are doing. Um, what's the future look like now? Like so now that you're seeing all this stuff happen i mean and in a relatively short period of time steve tr- different tell me about like the difference in the talk to the wife or just like the vision stuff like when you're saying hey here's what we're doing and you start to see it actually come into fruition what's that like it's uh it's it's extremely humbling to be honest i mean i think we all as entrepreneurs have these goals these lofty goals to say hey this is what i want to do and this is where i'm going to get and um I think we believe it internally, but I think uh, Thinking Grow Rich has a great line in it and says, success comes so fast and with such fury, you wonder where it's been all this time. And, you know, we're, we're just starting to see the fruits of our labor in these deals. And I think I told you, we'll replace our income that we've created over eight years in fix and flip and wholesaling in just under nine months. We'll have replaced that income. and. So what that means for comfort and and things like that, it's it's incredible. You know, we just got back from a South African safari ten days ago. Yeah, I saw that. That was awesome. It was insane. You know, like it, so, jump on a plane and drive and fly thirty hours to go see some rhinos and some elephants, and you know that that was something that I never thought that I'd, I'm. You know, we're thirty seven years old. I didn't think that it would happen kind of quite this quickly. You know, and then. 
the ability of what we're able to give now because of the structure that you kind of shared with us and what we're able to do with the structure it's amazing that we're actually carving out into our deals a founder's position for missionaries and ministries that just are getting quarterly checks in passive income that are basically going to fund their entire year of what they need to fundraise for so it's starting to to solidify our vision in terms of not only what we want for our family but what we want to do in terms of giving back and how we're going to create generational wealth not just for us but for other people and i mean you know we we'll we'll get to 100 million dollars in 12 months and then where's it go i mean the sky is really the limit and i think we talked about this when we were in san diego it's like now it's not about us i mean it's still about us a little bit right now right we're yeah. still closing on these deals and figuring it all out and going through it but the the long term vision is we're we're really going to be able to fund a lot of the the missions and visions of, of other people which is incredible man that's that's the bigger mission right yeah. so in the beginning most of us are trying to like just figure out i want to replace i want to be able to retire get me right. to that place first right but once you get there and it happens way faster than you expect right and it's right. like wow okay well, now my daily's met, my monthly, my year's met. I know that, right? Like, no matter what, we're going to be all right. And yeah. we don't have to, you know, look over our shoulder each and every now day for a deal or whatever. Then something changes. And it's got to be like, well, it's got to be a bigger why. Um, and you've, you've put that in, in your vehicle now. And then it, because then it's just, I got to do something. I enjoy playing the game. Yeah. Um, and now I've just got a bigger vision tied to it that I'm not just trying to figure out what my wealth is. I'm trying to grow it for a whole different cause. That's a bigger why. And that really leads to why, why you do what you do. It's not just about money. Yeah. It's about and, affecting change and affecting people. You know, there's the gata, the wana, the mana, right? The mana is like the, the floodgates of heaven opening up and the gata We'll have met the Gata in about six months in this business where, I mean, three years ago, we had to borrow a mortgage payment because the wholesale business was just so up and down, right? It's a fickle yeah. business. Then we get to the Wana. Okay, so what do we want to do? What kind of lifestyle do we want to have? And then the Mana. What's the overflow look like? And being able to choose and help and give and all of those things, like, that's, that's the legacy, right? I mean, the legacy podcast, right? That's what we're talking about right now. It's like, yeah. where is your mark? And uh, where do you affect people? How do you affect change? Right. Um, and, you know, it starts with your family. Then it just keeps. But the vision grows because you realize you have to grow that vision because once you hit it, you're like, oh, well, I'm there. I need a I need a bigger vision. now. I need a bigger why. And honestly, like, like I'm just reading. Um, I know just Jeff Bezos is getting divorced, but his uh, ex-wife is a billionaire like 30 billion and she's saying that she wants to give half of it away. Wow. Right? She's like 30 30 billion and she wants to give a, half of that away. 15 billion. That's just got to be a challenge just to give away that type of money. Yeah. That's a right. lot of money. I mean, there's no shortage of need, but to be able to actually execute on that is yeah, that's a lot of meetings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just, you know, but I I believe that's for me like so I always say, like, well, Corey, 
one of my whys is, is just is this, man. I can't tell you, Steve, like the joy I'm getting from doing this podcast that you actually came, you, you heard me on a podcast, you came to my event, you're benefiting from what I knew and what I shared, and then you've taken it and made it your own and uniquely yours. Dude, this, that is the gift, man. Yeah. Like that is your, and you're going to reproduce that. And how many people are you going to affect from my little thing that I said, here's my little thing. Right. That dude, that is, that is, it gives me goosebumps, man. Yeah, me too. That's cool. I mean, we're super grateful and you know, we, we feel like it's our responsibility to go multiply that now because there's, there's no shortage of people with this dream, right? But there is a shortage of people that are going to go and be relentless about it. Yeah. But those people that are, those are our people, right? Like, and I think you felt it when we came out there, like we were, we were going to relentlessly pursue you until we figured this stuff out. Yes. And, and we still talk a lot, right? We haven't gotten into a deal since uh, the last student housing complex that we did. Right. But it December, yeah, it's been almost six months. But Hey, like I, I shoot you a bunch of texts and ask you yeah. a bunch of questions because we're still figuring it out as well. And, but we're going to relentlessly pursue it. This is it, man. This is, this is where we're going. This is where we're staying. We're not, you know, we're not going away. So we're going to go make some impact. And it's, it's incredible that you can, you can cut the line and jump into this business by listening to some of your mentors, right? People, you know, you taught us how to cut the line. We were beating our head against the wall for a year trying to submit LOIs. And then all of a sudden you're like, Hey man, why don't you go do this? Hey, that's not a bad idea, Corey. Maybe I'll go do that. And now I own 25% of a $30 million building. Cool. <laughs> you know, and, you know, 30% of this building and maybe 40% of the next. Bu- and it's just continuing to grow. But what's really cool about being able to do that is we're growing other people's generational wealth along the way, right? Because we don't just have a deal to sell. We have an opportunity for people to jump in and start doing what we're doing for our family, for their family. And that's, that's really cool to watch. Everybody wins when this thing's done right. Honestly, there's not, there's, I mean, even the communities that we, uh, that we fix and, and make better um, to the self storage where, you, you know, people got to have a place to put all their stuff, all that stuff matters in its impact. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's amazing how, how many things get overlooked. Right. But I love these little pieces. Like we just redid the, all the lighting at Hawkeye. Right. Why is that a big deal? Well, I have two daughters, right? When you when you walked onto that property before, it was nice, right? But now it's growing like a Christmas tree. How safe are those kids, right? These little, little tweaks that we do that it's like, oh, this is kind of just normal for us to do, but why do we do them? And, you know, our investors- It makes sense. Yeah, they don't yeah. even look at it and go, oh, okay, so they're changing the lights into LED and okay, big deal. Yeah, but guess what? When moms and dads are walking their daughters onto that student housing complex, it feels safer than the one down the street, and that's why we do it. So it's, it's yeah, you're affecting little community changes. You're affecting little changes in everybody's lives. It's, it's a pretty big effect. Yeah, it is. Dude, what, what, a, what an awesome little podcast today. Hey, listen, so um, before we wrap it up, you know, what advice could you give to someone that's listening to this podcast right now? best advice um and probably and worst thing that's ever happened to you like okay business-wise so, so best advice i mean assuming that they want to get into multifamily sure or yeah um it, it's really just 
go find a mentor and replicate it, right? I mean, it, there's a couple of different ways to jump into this business and a lot of people teach the same way. So go find the people that are your people. I mean, that's the biggest key. I mean, I, I've gone to a couple of these events, right? We've gone to some of the biggest names in the country and we've gone to a very small boardroom like yours. And, you know, you got to find your people and, you know, you got to find your tribe. And those are the people that you're going to click with. And those are the people that are going to teach you. And you're going to have the benefit of this business. I think the, the biggest benefit is you get to work with people you like. You don't have to work with people you don't like, you know, like if it doesn't work for you, I talked to a guy the other day, it just, we're not going to jive. It's, it's cool. Right. But you get to choose who you, who you hang out with and you get to choose who you become successful with. So, you know, go out there, meet people that are doing the business and find out who your people are. That That's the biggest piece of advice. I think. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Okay. And, and real quickly, you know, worst thing that happened in your investing career and how did you get out of it? <sighs> worst thing that's happened to us. You know, we've been blessed in, in the fact that we have never lost money on a deal, but we have stubbed our toe quite a few times and, you know, come out on the other side of it, really just learning a lot. So I, I'd say the the biggest lesson we learned was not being humble enough to find somebody to, to teach us the way, right? Thinking that we were on an island trying to be an entrepreneur. I think that's the hardest lesson that we learned was we were wholesaling for five years, only did 16 deals. I'll do 16 deals this month in that business. And we're in the middle of raising $10.5 million. So you want to see the pendulum swing the other way. So I don't think it was a failure. I think it was a, a blind spot. I think we had a blind spot that there's other people that you can connect with and don't think so small that you're the only person in the world you don't have to reinvent the wheel yeah. and that's the resiliency that came from it is getting out of our own way and saying hey you know we uh we need to go find somebody to do it to, to follow that up though I, so i'm a bad manager i think you and i have very similar kind of personality types yeah. so I, I i can cast big vision right and i can go and tell a story but when it comes to managing the day-to-day -day operations of something i I really am blessed to have Travis, who's the follow through guy, right? He's going to make sure that X, Y, and Z are happening when I get distracted a lot. So it's really know thyself, right? And, and be honest with yourself about, you don't have to grow into the places that you're weak, grow into the places that you're strong and be really strong in them and partner with people that will help fill those gaps where you're weak. So that was a big learning lesson over the last couple of years too, for us is you don't have to be all things. You just have to find the people that can fill those gaps. Man, there's no doubt right now you guys are filling the gaps um, and you're doing an amazing job. Uh, and I'm so blessed, so proud of you guys. Um, I, I, you, you know, you have just scratched the surface, my friend. And it is to the moon. It is absolutely to the moon. Uh, listen, if people want to learn about you and your company, how, how do they find you? Yes, yeah, so just go to integritycapitalgroup.com. Email me at steven at integritycapitalgroup.com and uh, reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn. I mean, we're trying to get all over the place, but yeah, if we can help anybody in any way or just ask if anybody needs some advice on where we've been or you want the, the scoop on Corey without having to call Corey, call us. You know, we'll, we'll give you the real lowdown. Um, no, man, we're really grateful for you. I think, you know, we have, we have a big future ahead of us in, in terms of what kind of deals we'll be able to partner in with each other. And being able to bring a lot of people along. Rising tide raises all ships. Amen to that, brother. Listen, uh, it has been an absolute blessing. I'm so glad 
have you on and just just the whole lesson in this story is really uh you know believe in yourself find good mentors um find it find your niche find your tribe and then go thrive in it guys listen it is all about belief guys i say this each and every episode and i honestly it is the one thing that will separate you from your competition is the power of your brain what you believe is important what you tell yourself daily matters guys if you believe it you can achieve it and your paradise is possible